This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Welcome to the It Was a Thing on TV podcast. Episode 5, Submission 047. That's my dog. And Think Like a Cat. We'll start with That's My Dog, which aired on the Family Channel from September 1st of 1991 to September 30th of 1995, with additional episodes airing up until 1997 for a total of 100 episodes. This ran for six years? That ran for six years. I, hey thought guys, it ran, I thought it ran for like half that time. It ran for six years. Oh my gosh. system before we start uh, today's yeah, let's, episode. Let's, before we get to That's My Dog, I want to talk about Jennifer Slept here. I watched that episode 11 where like they filmed at her house where they did the life story. That was the worst episode I've ever seen in my entire life. Mike, you, 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 you have the nerve to say Manimal was bad. Oh God, when you watch that episode, you will take back every bad thing you said about Manimal. She, she, she becomes like a, she becomes briefly visible when the actress who she hates can't play the role of herself, and so she acts in the role. And then when they play it back, she, she's invisible, you see, because she's a ghost. And they're like, what? What? This this random lady who showed up is not showing up on film, who just happens to look like Jennifer. Ooh. Oh, that was such lazy, bad writing. Oh. Tell us how you really feel. It was the most campiest. And, and you know, you talked to me, Mike, about the, about how it was it was. The tone was very different with you and Chris about the show, but I thought it was campy as hell. Well, there's a reason why it is campy as hell. Yeah, I, I mean, 
I guess that's the appeal of it, though. I guess. It's it's an NBC comedy from the early 80s. Were you expecting some sort of masterpiece? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. For, for every for every Cheers that we had and every Family Ties, every. we had to get a Mr. Smith and and a Jennifer slept here and a, and a Hello Larry. It's, Spoiler it's alert! It's criminal that we have all the episodes available on, of Jennifer slept here on the Tate Train circuit, but we can't find a single footage online of Mr. Smith other than the opening from the first episode. It is absolutely criminal. Okay, I'm done talking about Jennifer Slope here. Let's move on to our subject. What a travesty. Mm-hmm. What a human injustice. All right, speaking of injustices, hey, that's my dog. <laughs> that's my dog, as, as you might gather, was about dogs. It was a game show where dogs were the contestants. Two dogs and their family members competed against each other in various events, and the winning team, uh, whoever got the most points, ended up winning a small prize package, usually like a little kitchenette or something like that. Uh, uh, actually, uh, from what I've seen, it's a bunch of kitchen appliances. Um, I mean, like an oven, a refrigerator, not a great refrigerator, but still a refrigerator and a dishwasher. And I mean, that's not hay. That's probably still back in the day, like $2,000 worth of stuff. Oh, yeah. Especially in, what, 1990s money? And also on a family channel budget. Oh, yeah. And, and of course, it begs to be said, that's why dog was <clears throat> based on a British format. Yeah, based based on the British show, That's My Pooch. No, no, well, no it's, it's, it's called That's My Dog. I, I'm just, I, I just remember that. Uh, if you remember Letterman about 20 years ago, uh, Will It Float, there was a British version he said called Is, is It Boy? Yeah. Is It Boy? So, so, so the British version of That's My Dog is That's My Canine. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if that was actually the real British title because you know how Ready, Set, Cook here in the UK is Ready, Steady, Cook for some reason? Uh, yes, I do. I, the, the British version was called That's My Dog. Yes. And unfortunately, there's very little information about it online. Yeah, you'd have to go to UKGameShows.com for any information. But the American version was recorded uh, at least for one season at Universal Orlando back when going to Universal Orlando was the it thing to do. And and the episode I watched from 1993 with Will Schreiner, they were taping at Disney MGM Studios. This was the period when Disney MGM Studios, Disney would use it to tape like any, we want any production here in Orlando. Come on, come in, come in and film. Because I showed you a video, Mike, of a, a subject that will hopefully be doing in a couple of months. Wink, wink. Uh-huh. Thunder in Paradise, where they would literally shoot at any area of the park for scenery at Disney. Yep. And Oh, I have the information here. Uh, the first season was shot outdoors near residential street at the Disney MGM Studios back lot. This, according to, of course, Truth by Consensus Wikipedia... And the second season was filmed at Universal Orlando, and the last 
two seasons were filmed at Disney MGM, but only the first season was filmed outdoors. Everything else was filmed in a, in a soundstage. Yes, and actually, uh, while doing research for this, uh, I found an article about Steve Scrovan, who was the first host. Now, that name may not totally ring a bell, but if you remember the hidden camera show from uh, the early 90s called Totally Hidden Video, he hosted a couple seasons of that. Yes, Totally Hidden Video, which, by the way, to dash from that Morris's trash, that was a real show. It was not a fake show. Totally no, it was hidden. totally real. No, it was totally real. Video was totally real. That's because you weren't probably you were probably too young for that show, Dej. I'm saying that in case he's actually listening to us. So yes, uh, Steve Scrovan hosted the first couple seasons. He actually grew up in the same town, actually more township than town. It's a it's a township where my cousins live. A, a little township, maybe about. 30 minutes east of here, about 30 miles east of Cleveland, uh, called Munson Township. Very quiet little community. Uh, that's where he grew up. So I thought that was very interesting. But also, the taping schedule for this, he, uh, or rather, that's my dog, they taped all the episodes of the season in five days. Wow. Yeah. And, how many, and how many episodes were there per season? Well, I mean, let's do the math. There's 100 episodes and four seasons, so probably 26, 20, well, 25, 26, okay, 24. all right. That is actually doable because... Yeah, five a day. Five, five a day for a week. That's a season. Yeah, five a day is, is very doable. Um, and uh, Steve Scarvan, you may not know the name, but he's gone on to bigger and better things. Uh a couple of years after he left That's My Dog, uh, he was a writer for a little sitcom on CBS called Everybody Loves Raymond. Never heard of it. And actually, around the time that he was doing That's My Dog, he also wrote for, again, another little show called Seinfeld. Never heard of that one either. Oh, we'll have to add those to the list. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, again... Judging by uh, live research here, I believe he also wrote an episode of, spoiler alert, maybe a future entry, Salute Your Shorts. That'd be a good one. Yeah, Nickelodeon classic. Well, that's up for debate. We'll talk about that yeah. later. Well, I also another thing I, I want to mention, in uh, Steve Scrovan's episode of Seinfeld, he wrote the movie, the fictional film, in the in the episode, Rochelle Rochelle, about a young girl's strange erotic journey from Mulan to Minsk, made its first appearance in the episode. George later rents it from the video store in season four's The Smelly Car, and it is turned into a Broadway musical starring Bette Midler in season six's The Understudy. And uh, after Steve Scrovan left, he was replaced by Will Schreiner, who's sort of a familiar name uh, in the game show circles. Uh, he hosted uh, Small Talk on Family Channel later in the decade, uh, 96-97, I do believe. Um, and his father was Herb Schreiner, who hosted Two for the Money. Uh, but also, uh, Schreiner hosted some other shows in that time frame. Uh, he hosted Why Didn't I Think of That? Oh, there's one we need to add to the list. Why Didn't I Think of That? Yeah. Do you oh. guys remember that one? 
No, Val. I did not know that at all. Uh, it was basically a competition between inventors. And uh, I don't know if like uh, if there's a panel. I, I just I remember bits and pieces of it. I'm sure it's online. Uh, and and this panel, I believe, or, or uh, somehow they determined like the inventor of the week. And it, it was a pretty blah show, but it was produced by Wink Martindale. Ooh. Uh huh. And, and that was early '90s. That that ran for a couple of years. Uh, but he, he's been a fixture on TV and, for, for and, a long time, for, for decades. And also, on his Wikipedia page, it mentions that he was a regular in 1980 on the NBC morning show, The David Letterman Show. Another entry. Yes. One we're very eager to tackle. Oh, that'll be yep. so great. But, but, but that's not coming for months. We'll, we'll just say that much. Yeah. So the game itself, uh, as I said, dog, two dogs competed in a series of different events. Uh, there were games where people would dress up the dogs, put shirts on them or put shorts on them. Or maybe the dog is already wearing a shirt and a human's wearing a shirt and they go into a big sleeping bag or, or some sort of giant bag and they have to exchange shirts. Um, kind of interesting why they wanted to dress up dogs. I, I don't get that. Uh, but also there were some events like a, uh, a game where there was a arrangement of bowling pins and the dog had to knock over all the pins in 30 seconds. Uh, they did a similar game with dominoes where they had 30 seconds to knock over as many dominoes as they could. Uh, then there was a maze. And I've got, oh, I love the, oh God, the maze was awesome. I've got I've got issues with the maze. Yeah, well, I issues. do too. Well, what's what's your issues? And uh, that looks pretty cool. But well, then again, okay. this is twelve-year-old Chico talking. He saw a maze on a game show. He's like, "Let me have that maze right now." It wasn't the crystal maze. No, and it wasn't the maze on American Gladiators either. The maze on American Gladiators was so much better than this. The maze, it had a lot of distractions. There was uh, a little, like, a dish bowl, uh, a, a water bowl filled with water to distract the dogs if they wanted to get a little drink of water. There was actually, like, a, a sand pit or a sandbox, which was full of dog food. Probably kibbles and bits and bits and bits because they apparently either sponsored the show or... Uh, oh, they put their name all over the place. Oh, their their name was everywhere. We'll get to that in a little bit, too. Uh, but my main issue is, well, a couple issues. One, the walls of uh, the maze were not high enough. I mean, they were probably about three to four feet high, but you had some of these dogs that were absolutely humongous and could probably leap over the walls in a, a standing position without a, a running start. Yeah. And actually, there's been more than one time that the dog would jump out of the maze. And I, I've seen different versions because sometimes the dog gets disqualified and other times the dog is allowed to go back in the maze. Well, it, I believe it had to do with the I mean, they could exit the structure. They could leap over the structure of the maze, but not the maze itself, if that makes any sense. Well, but well, OK, I'm actually talking about exiting the maze. Because oh. I, did, I, I I have seen episodes where the dogs were disqualified if they left the maze. 
Uh, but there was one episode that I saw doing research for this that um, the dog left the maze and he jumped back in a couple seconds later and he was not disqualified. What? what? Now, I, yeah, I don't remember which episode this was, but he, he jumped out of the maze or she jumped out of the maze and then jumped back in and continued to, to go to the exit, which the dog eventually did. I, I don't think they won the maze. I think they were uh, second place. But still, the dog wasn't disqualified there. But yeah, Chico's right. If the dog leapt over walls within the maze, that's perfectly legal. Uh, there were also some little shortcuts. There wasn't one way to exit the maze. Uh, one thing that was in there, and this I find was a disadvantage to some dogs, and you'll understand why. There was a shortcut hole, a hole in the wall where dogs could crawl right through and get a, a leg up if you will no pun intended there uh on the opposition the hole is big enough for an average sized dog if you had like a great dane or a saint bernard or another big breed of dog they couldn't get through that hole i'm sorry that's discriminatory towards large dogs oh i agree yep so, yeah, that that just didn't sit well with me. Maybe you know from an uh, uh, equality purpose, but also there were many games or many shows where you had one little dog going against one big dog. So you had maybe like a Chihuahua or a Pomeranian or some little dog or even a medium-sized dog, maybe a, like a small cocker spaniel. And they're going against a Great Dane or I mean, I, I haven't seen any bull mastiffs. Good heavens if a bull mastiff entered the maze. But, yeah, it just you've got a little 10 pound dog going against a, a, a 90 or 100 pound dog. That just doesn't seem too fair, especially since I, and I've had uh, growing up 100 pound dogs. They're like miniature horses. Mm, yeah. Then another thing they did, and this wasn't on all the episodes, they had a talent show. This is what this is what you call a time filler. Well, there's I, I got a again, I have issues, and I I don't mean those types of issues. First off, they had little kids doing the, the uh, some of the judging, not all the time, but occasionally they had like a ten year old or a 12-year-old be a judge, and I'm sorry. You know, why did you give that dog a 10? That dog is so pretty. But the dog just took a crap on the stage. <laughs> he, he made the prettiest <laughs> crap in the world. <laughs> well, okay, I'm sort of I'm joking there, but the thing is, the, the, it seemed like the little kids always gave, like, inflated scores because the puppy dog's so cute. Not that the puppy dog did uh, did their talent. Because they're dumb kids. Well, I get that, but I mean, is that necessarily fair if, you know, the, the dog that gets a bad score because it's not cute loses by two points? Fair I know, I know, I know, I know, Okay, I know this isn't well, Jeopardy. I know this isn't, you know, some hard-hitting show. It's very lighthearted fair, but still. The, the, the kids, it seemed like, would give artificially high scores because the doggy's pretty, the doggy's cute. I like the doggy's name. And, and most of the tricks they had were like ridiculously stupid. 
ridiculously stupid. Tell us how you really feel, Mike. Yeah. And then there was the doggy decathlon, and this is another game that I had issues with because the dog would have, depending on what season it was, they would either have 100 seconds or 60 seconds to complete the course. Uh, the 100 second season, there would be 10 obstacles, which would be a true decathlon, 10 events. The 60 second episodes or 60 second doggy decathlons would have just eight obstacles. So that would be an octathlon, I think. Octathlon? Heptathlon? Octathlon? Sure, why not? Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. But the dogs would generally finish all eight events in, like, no time. Ten seconds, 15 seconds, 20 seconds, 25 seconds. Why are you giving them 60 seconds or 100 seconds to get all these events done? And the thing is, it is really a big difference maker. If the dog gets through all the events, which most of the time they did, the scores are going to be the, uh, well, the, the difference in scores is going to be the same as they were going into the decathlon. Uh-huh. So why do it? Or why have that much time? Is it because everybody's a winner? Something like that, yeah. It's the, the 90s doggy equivalent of participation trophies. So, yeah, it it was a goofy show. It was even the butt of jokes in my family at the time. Uh, how do you guys feel about it? Uh, I'm I'm curious to hear what you took away from it besides being blatantly against big dogs. Well, I well here's the thing. I want to mention there was one game you neglected to mention that I showed you today on the episode I watched, and that was the attack of the 50-foot dog. Okay, I've never seen this, so please explain. Okay, so this is a game where they make up a mock city, and the dog has to, with the, with the help of his trainers, try to knock down, like, these these small little buildings, because the joke is, the dog is, it's like a giant dog who's building, who's destroying this small city like he's Godzilla or something. Yeah, I remember the, that. I do. I remember that too. It was sort of like doggy bowling. Only instead of bowling pins, you have buildings. Yeah, and you'd have the dog try to knock over the over the fake city with the fake buildings. It was so ridiculously bad. Oh, well, I will yeah. add this about the doggy decathlon. They did have a great end because the last uh, the last event, the dog had to jump through the hole in the O in the "That's my dog" sign. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, I'll, yep. that that was adorable. But again, th- that was that, that's like the only positive takeaway I've got from the doggy decathlon. Yeah, well, this show is basically it wasn't geared. It was geared for a family audience, obviously. Because it's a family it was, channel. Because it's a family channel. Yeah, and it was basically turn your brain off television. Like no one's expecting high academia, especially from the uh, round three canine quiz. We have to bark in, where where the doggy family have to bark in and answer questions. Yes, that's what they used. They called it barking in. Well, um, but yeah, if you were it's if you were a kid and you liked dogs, this was. 
do you have a dog or know a dog and was a dog person? This was a dog show every week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, as I mentioned earlier, Kibbles and Bits had to have something going on in terms of advertising because there was. Well, it was Kibbles and Bits during seasons like two, three, and four, but the first season it was Iams. Well, that's well, Iams I think was relatively new at that time, so that's a good way yeah. to get their name out. Yeah. Oh, but but the oh. thing about the Kibbles and Bits signage, oh my gosh, everywhere. It was like the, it was literally it was like your, your old high school gymnasium. Where you would have like all these banners, and at least one of them was a Coca-Cola banner, or and Pepsi, this, or Pepsi, or, or Pepsi, or Pepsi. In this York. place, you would have like all these vinyl banners, and at least one of them is Kibbles and Bits. And, and they were behind the audience and on the maze, and I mean th- that's to be expected. I mean, if you see shows nowadays that do that type of branding. Not necessarily shows here in America. There's been a few, but uh, especially like overseas, branding out the wazoo. Um, oh, yeah. and, and, and and talking about the cheapest surprises from earlier, the talent showcase uh, judges, plus uh, they had an at-home video contest where one video is shown each week. Those people would all win a Kibbles and Bits and Bits and Bits watch. Which probably had a retail value somewhere around a buck ninety eight. I'm not kidding. I mean, it looked like is a cheap it digital watch. Is no, it, it wasn't was... digital. It was analog. Okay, then yeah, buck ninety eight is about right. I mean, yeah, I mean, it wasn't even digital. It, it it had the kibbles and bits and bits and bits and bits and bits and bits logo on its face, and it looked like the 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 band was that cheap rubber you would have gotten back in, like, the 90s. So it was basically an analog version of the Honeycomb watch? Yeah. And, okay, yeah, as an adult, if I was an adult judge, I'd be like, all I'm getting is this crappy watch. Yeah, I'd be but, pissed. But but as a kid, I could see, like, a, an eight-year-old going there, hey, look, I was a judge on That's My Dog, and I got a kibbles and bits and bits and bits watch. My reaction would be... Who cares? Well, no, as a kid, I think that would be well, interesting. as a kid, yeah, but as an adult. Yeah, I mean, as an adult, we'd be like, who cares? But as a kid, I could see that kid bring it into show and tell and just like, oh, this is my favorite watch because I got to judge Sparky the Bulldog who you know, tried uh, tap dancing on stage. <laughs> that would be like the most impressive trick on that to my dog if the dog actually tap danced. Well, yeah, I mean, most of the tri- uh, the tricks they had were, like, dogs bouncing balls off their nose. Oh, yeah, those were not impressive at all. Yeah. And actually, they're sort of derivative from the games that were played, because there were games where, uh, there was one game I remember seeing where a volleyball or some sort of beach ball would be thrown at the dog, and the dog had to bounce it over the net with uh, his uh, snout or her snout. Uh, and that was actually a very interesting game, because... Not one, but two of the beach balls were destroyed by the dog in the playing of the game. Whoops. Wow. Maybe they shouldn't have had, like, a rubber ball. Maybe it should have been a little thicker or something. I don't know. Uh, but um, I, I, I need to, like, 
rinse my mouth out uh, of this that's my dog but i do want to add a couple more things there were special episodes Ooh, yeah i remember these special episodes uh there was one celebrity show celebrity dogs celebrity dogs celebrity dogs celebrity dogs Oh my goodness. Are you ready for this? Oh, so I'm, I'm so excited. So, yeah, so so the new hotness on uh Family Channel at that time was Rin Tin Tin Canine Cop. It hashtag was corporate synergy. Yep. Hashtag filmed in filmed in Toronto. Anyway. Cause it cause it's cheap to produce in Canada. That's that's the thing. Anyway, um yeah, and they went against Dreyfus from uh, Empty Nest. Now again, a, well, two big dogs. What are they going to do in the maze? They can't go through that little uh, that, that hole in the wall. I mean, uh, Rin Tin Tin would have been, well, I think, a German Shepherd, I believe. And Dreyfus was a St. Bernard. Two huge dogs. Yep. So but I, I guess, also, but I can see they didn't do the maze on that episode. I don't know. Maybe they had a really big hole in the wall for the maze. And then there was a Christmas episode with Christmas-themed events. Aww. And this one, I have big issues with this. There was a puppy love episode where puppies played. Aww. Aww. Well, there's here's why I have issues. Well, one of the puppies was... Ten days old. Ten. Ten days old. Um, the reason I have an issue with this is a ten-year-old puppy should not be separated from his mother or her mother. I, I just think that's really bad for the dog. I know maybe the, the separation was only a number of hours, but still, and I, I don't think that dogs at 10 days old can even see or, or maybe just started seeing a day or two earlier. But yeah, that, that, that just struck me the wrong way that, and I say that as a, as a, as a, a dog lover, that that's, I mean, we've never had any dogs who are younger than about six weeks old and yeah, we've always adopted or, or gotten them from, from reputable dealers, but that just seems wrong. A 10 day old on that show. And I don't mean to make light of the situation, but the the puppy love episode with two little puppies was one of the lowest scoring games in the show's history. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing, but I just what a surprise. Yeah, what a surprise. But I just see these two little dogs. No, that's just wrong. No, I'm I'm no, that's. I, I can't say any more about that. That that's so wrong in so many ways, and I, I'm I'm sounding like a dog lover, and I am a dog lover, even though I've got two cats. But that's just. It, it seems like a good idea on paper, and maybe it sounded or looked like a good idea on television, but reading about it and getting the details, it's like this wouldn't fly nowadays. Maybe this is something they could have gotten by with 25 years ago, but I don't see. I see a lot of a lot of uh, pet advocates saying you're separating a dog from its mother at 10 days old to be on a, a stupid TV show. 
that's not cool. Yeah, this is in the age of social media where everyone gets outraged at every stupid thing on Twitter every hour. Well, again, not just that, but the thing is, like I said, the the dog should be with the mother, and yeah, I, I'm no a, a expert in animal husbandry, but that just seems wrong to separate the little pup from uh, from its family when he's been alive literally a week and a half. Oh, I'm not going to argue with that. Boy, that's like a sour way to end this half of the episode. Well, I got. Well, I will bring up something that we haven't mentioned yet. To, to lighten it up, but we didn't talk about the animated opening from season one. Oh, yes. Oh, and that's where the, the music uh, that you heard at the start of the, the show came from. This is, they had an animated opening. Actually, the animated opening came from later seasons, from what I've seen. Oh, wow. So, so, so I'm guessing they decided to spend the money on the show after they were quote-unquote, a bona fide hit, or at least renewed. Yeah, Pat Robertson was like, you know what, we gotta spend the big bucks on this That's My Dog show. So, so yeah, they had an animated opening, and I'll let Greg go into that. Okay, there's a, there's a, alright, let me describe the opening. So there's a thing that says, a dog audition, there's a dog getting shot by a cannon, the dog is, is juggling bowling balls, there's another dog on stilts, and this whole time, this dog shot out of the cannon is, like, sailing by them and giving thumbs-ups. It looks like something out of a Sega CD game from, like, 1992. That's horrible. I mean, have you seen Sega CD games from 1992? That's horrible. Have you ever seen the game Wonder Dog? Yes, That's I have. Like. Yeah, but Wonder Dog is actually an amazing game. Greg, get ready to have your mind blown. What? That's my dog for the CDI. Are you kidding me? No, no, we need to do that. Oh, okay. We need, that, that needs to be a, a thing. That's right. Well, if Thunder and Paradise can be on the CDI, that's my dog could be on the CDI, too. We have to get a tortoise. We got to steal Ed Begley Jr.'s tortoise made out of vegetable oil, go to his house, steal <laughs> his tortoise, and, and convince Phillips, you know what? Forget Hotel Mario. Forget the Zelda games on CDI. That's my dog on CDI. And the whole idea is to, sh- uh, to aim that dog out of the cannon to swerve around different objects. Oh, look, there's a dog on stilts. Wave hi. Hi there. Oh, look, there's a dog juggling. Hey, how you doing? But then what happens after the dog goes past, uh, flies past those other dogs? He smacks right into the stage door. Ow. Physical, because physical comedy, obviously. Well, because apparently the person who shot off the cannon wanted to hurt the dog. Not not that that we would condone that. So then uh, they'd show inside the studio where an audience of dogs, animated dogs, would hold up cards that spell, That's my dog. And that's actually where the the image you see for this week came from. Uh, But then uh, they show a, a dog on stage... I forget what the dog on stage was doing. He was, I think, that might be juggling, I believe. And so uh, the dog was uh, doing something, I believe juggling. And a big... The dog was playing uh, accordion. The dog was playing accordion, thank you. And a a hook comes out, or not a hook, but rather a cane, like they used to do in the old vaudeville days, to grab the, the, the dog off the stage. And it rips the dog's head off, 
and you see it's actually a cat in a dog costume. Oh, oh what a phony! Oh. I, you know what? I'm sure Mike has something to say about that. My cats don't know how to play the accordion. That wasn't the takeaway. I'm sure but, Noodles played the accordion. It would be very impressive. So that's when the the, the show started. They they showed um, uh, the, the two dogs playing that day, and uh, and introduced sort the of, uh, towing the line, as it were, right? Yeah, and it sort of looked like the the beginning of a boxing match where you've got one dog facing in one direction, you've got the other dog facing in the other direction, and they're ready to 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 maul each other or whatever. Maybe maul isn't the best word. Where's no, Don King when you need him? No, it is not. Only in America and England too. And actually, there was a live action opening in earlier seasons. Not as fun, but uh, the the one thing that I didn't like about those uh, that open, the graphics they used to show the name of the show looked like they're from the early 80s. I don't know if that's just, you know, the, the Pat Robertson budget back in the early 90s, but it looked really dated, like, like I said, 10 years before the show aired. It would be something you saw in the early 80s, just bad computer graphics. Yeah. So that's that's my dog. I think we're going to put this one to rest. So as long as you don't put it to sleep, because that would just be oh. cruel. Oh. Hashtag adoptive shop. Anyway. Chico Alexander, everybody. But now that takes us to... Think like a cat. Oh dear! Think like a cat. Yes. Yeah. It 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 is it is literally an hour long commercial for Meow Mix. Yes. It it had just one episode, and it originally aired on uh, GSN Game Show Network on November fifteenth of two thousand eight. And if you thought that Kibbles and Bits and Bits and Bits was a uh, had a lot of advertising on That's My Dog, you haven't seen how much advertising there is for Meow Mix on Think Like a Cat. Meow Mix scoured the country looking for outstanding cats and their human parents to compete in the first ever cat game show. Think Like a Cat. Will one team walk away a million dollars richer? The top eight pairs are here tonight and purring to go. This is the Meow Mix Think Like a Cat game show. The Meow Mix Think Like a Cat Game Show. Now, please welcome your host, Chuck Woolery. Thank you very much. What well, is the Think Meow like, Mix a cat? like a Cat Game Show? It's uh, literally an, the an Meow abomin- Mix Game Show. An, an, an abomination? Because well, this was in the period in 2008 where I was not watching GSN at this time. So this is completely new to me. Well, I was—I didn't have GSN at the time either, but thank heavens there's YouTube so we can get bits and pieces of it. There was uh, apparently some contest that Meow Mix ran that uh, th- they had cat owners sending in videos uh, of their cats and uh, showing their cats' talents and their relationship with the cats. And they picked eight cats 
and in their owners. And uh, one of them would end up with a chance to win $1 million, up to $1 million. And they played a couple of different games to get there. The first game, all eight cats were in a, like uh, little lanes, not unlike what you'd see in um, in a uh, like a hundred meter dash. Uh, I think there were some sort of walls separating them, so each cat had to stay in their lane. But the idea was the three cats uh, that went furthest down the track before time ran out. They advanced to the the next game. Uh, there was a lure at the end. There was uh, first off their owner, but also second there was a bowl of, of presumably meow mix at the end, which well I I, I imagine so because well again look at the title. I mean I can count on two hands, two two feet, and maybe an abacus. The number of times that Chuck Woolery said, what was it, uh, something goodness, wholesome goodness? Because uh, that, that was the thing that uh, Meow Mix was pushing. Like, NBC was pushing Mr. Smith. Uh, as, a, as a cat owner, I've never actually thought of Meow Mix as having any sort of goodness. Yeah, you're all about the temptations, Mike. Well, well, no, that's their treat. That, that, that's that's a treat. Now, this is a Purina indoor cat formula food uh, house. So, yeah, so the idea was that the cats, the first three cats to get to the bowl or furthest to the bowl in one minute would advance to the second part of the game. Uh, this might not be a good look for, for Meow Mix. Only two of the cats got to the food. Wow. And the third one was based on how far they got. Not necessarily how far they got when time ran out, because actually the one that was chosen was the one who went furthest, but then turned around. Maybe the cat saw his meow mix and was like, nope, nope, I only eat Fancy Feast. Bye-bye. So then that those cat has standards. The, the, absolutely, I've never given my girls meal mix. Uh, so uh, the people that were eliminated each got a thousand dollars, and that's too low for the price of their dignity that they paid for being on this thing. Wow. Uh, the, the, I'm, I'm sorry, no, I'm not. The three remaining owners then played a game like Jeopardy called Cat Purdy. Oh, that's terrible. And lazy the, writing. Lazy writing. Wait, wait. And, and, and oh, you want lazy writing. And all the categories were cat themed or cat puns. Oh, Jesus. Wow. And they were uh, similar to Jeopardy. Six categories. I'm cat sorry. Six, six cat categories. Ha, 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 ha. And they were worth from 10 to 50 points. And the lowest uh, scoring owner after this game left with ten thousand dollars. Oh, that's not bad. That's a jump going from a thousand to ten thousand. Uh, then the two remaining cats uh, are, uh, are are then recorded in different situations. Okay, that's interesting. 
Yeah, they they put cats in different situations and, and recorded them, and the owners wagered their points on what the cat will do before each clip is shown. So it's like, um, ooh, any, ooh, a, a, ooh, anything ooh. anything for money. I was just about to say Card Sharks two thousand one. Oh, that's another one for the list. We haven't added that. Yeah, or I was gonna say. It's kind of like, do you remember that pilot that aired on GSN like 20 years ago called Monday Night Quarterback, where they'd show a play, and it would basically be like you make the call what happens next in the play? Right, right, exactly. That's what it kind of reminds me of. Yeah, uh, so uh, the two owners that are left, they wagered their points on what they thought their cat would do in the situation. Unfortunately, I don't have video of this, so I don't know what the situations are. And honestly, I can't think of seven situations my cats would be in. So we'll leave wow. that up to the imagination. And there are a couple of rules. They couldn't wager more than half their points on the first two questions. For the other seven or for the other five questions, they could wager any or all of their points. And the cat and the owner, who had the highest number of points, won $25,000. The uh, loser in that round left with $15,000. So, enough money. So, so right now, uh, Meow Mix is in for $55,000. Uh, uh-huh. five, times, five times 1,000 plus 10,000 plus 15 plus 25. But that's not all. What? What? They're, the bonus round. They're going to play the Meow Mix Million Dollar Challenge, 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 Challenge. Oh, Jesus. So this was stank-ass dumb luck. Right. I said it, stank-ass dumb luck. There's ten bags of Meow Mix on the stage. And each bag contains a symbol. And what the idea was, was that the cat and the human must... get a matching symbol. Their symbols must match to win the million dollars. And they each chose a bag. Yeah, the cat chose a bag. Cat, cat, as cats tend to do. Well, the thing is, and I, I tested this with one of my cats last week. The cat, I, I didn't do it necessarily with, with food uh, in a bag. I put food in my fist. And I put actually a little food in both fists, and I held the, my fists out and said, pick a fist. And the cat always tended to gravitate towards my right fist. Even though there were equal amounts of both foods, uh, or uh, equal amounts of the food in both of my, my fists. So does a cat really know what random is? I... I, I it's yeah. so it's so freaking insipid. I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah, it's like my theory is of you've heard my theory about horse racing. Does and I've told you this before, Mike. Does the horse when it's racing have any idea that it's racing? Does it have a concept of what's going on? It's ju- judging by what you have said about this show. It's clear the cats have no idea of the concept that this is a television show. There are. Gee, you think? No, the, the cats obviously don't have an, a clue as to what's going on. They're, you know, p- playing for food. 
they're like, all I, it's like all they for all I know they could be thinking hey I get to get I get to have dinner after this well they had dinner in the first event and only two cats took advantage of it and you know the dinner that night probably was more meow mix and I wouldn't be surprised if meow mix gave everybody on the show a free year of supply of meow mix yay I have all this meow mix sitting in my garage joy well again it, it, as chico said earlier this is a one hour infomercial for meow mix actually my mistake it was 30 minutes it's still 30 minutes too long it is still 30 minutes too long so the idea was in the bonus round was they get matching symbols and if they their symbols match they won a million dollars they didn't they left with the twenty five thousand dollars they won earlier uh, they didn't even have any matching symbols. And what this reminded me of, I forget what season it was. I want to say it was around 2008, around the same time as this, as a matter of fact. Hershey's did a similar promotion on Deal or No Deal. Right. Where if a family member, and I think it was her mother, had like the matching halves of a, of a check or something like that, that they would win a hundred million dollars. The, the the thing was instead of ten bags to choose from, there were a hundred and fifty. And only two of the bags or two of the cases, because they actually used little cases like deal or no deal, only two of the cases had the winning combination. And in that case, just like this, neither of the winning cases were found surprise, surprise. A one wow. in 150 shot at, 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 well, a two in 150 shot of finding one of the cases. Uh, and actually, the odds of winning, oh, this would never be one. What are the odds of winning? One in 11,175. Wow. Yeah, nobody's yeah. winning that. Well, no. maybe after 11,175 tries. You know, it, it's like the Doctor Strange one in three billion tries thing. I wonder what it would be like in the one scenario where they actually won the money. Well, at least the Meow Mix one is a little bit easier because the odds of winning the Meow Mix one is one in 45. Which actually isn't bad odds given that you got 25,000 to start with and a million is 40 times bigger. So this is just about like close to pot odds, if you will, like expected value. Okay. But, but but still, it's it's ridiculous. And the thing is, uh, what if the million dollars was given away? Is that Meow Mix's money? Is that insurance? Is that GSN's money? Well, I mean, we'll, we'll never know. But for a GSN show to give away a million dollars, that they that, must they must have been confident, and I use the term loosely, that it was never going to be won. Well, and again, well, but, but also, like I said, there must be some sort of insurance policy on it. And even if it costs like that $25,000, I, I don't know. It, 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 was GSN actually thinking, oh, this is going to be like a great viral moment if this cat and this person match and they win the million dollars? Is it really money well spent? 
I'm sure the money would have been like an annuity, like on itch on the one million dollar chance of a lifetime. Oh yeah. Oh, and in addition, if the million was one, a hundred thousand dollars was going to go to an animal shelter of the winner's choice. Which is actually pretty cool. Which is actually very nice. Absolutely. And who got stuck hosting this piece of crap? Chuck Woolery. Who was like the poster child for GSN at the time. He had hosted Lingo, and he hosted Lingo for... For, oh. for freaking ever. Like, what, six, seven seasons? Well, at least five years, because it started in 2002. And, yeah, I think there, there were episodes that went into 2007, so that would be five years, six seasons or so. Yeah, that's a pretty good run. And it's the last show he hosted, I believe. I don't think he hosted anything after that. Uh, no, he did not. He did not host another show after that. And this would explain why. Seemed like seemed like he went full Lucille Ball, if you remember the sort of what whatever happened uh, after Life with Lucy got excoriated by critics because this show was absolutely trashed well that's the reason why it's here it just also just reeks of desperation by him desperate for a paycheck uh because i mean remember not even 10 years earlier he was hosting greed and uh and we said lingo so he had a good career and and then he hosted this, and we're not going to mention what he's done since then because he's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a like a joke I'd say here, but I'm gonna just stay out of it. Just no, no. We're not gonna we're not gonna be that guy. No. No, not at all. No. no. Uh, and actually, it did get good ratings despite being a glorified infomercial. Uh, it received over a million combined viewers during its five what? airings. A million viewers on GSN in 2008 is actually a pretty decent number. Well, uh, yeah, that's, that's 200,000 yeah, 200, well, 200, per episode, or, yeah, or average per episode. Yeah, and, but consider this. Uh, even... The big three on GSN today, that would, of course, be America Says, Common Knowledge, Catch-21. They average about 300,000, 400,000 an episode now, with less stakes. With an actual show. With an actual show. So, just something to think about. Well, also, GSN has changed so much in the last 11 years. So so they found their niche. And maybe this was a hit in somebody's eyes. I'm guessing maybe a Meow Mix executive. Clearly not somebody at GSN. Because um, those numbers like totally dwarf other things GSN has shown besides the shows we mentioned. The American the, Bible Challenge and... The, the Chase. The Chase. One that's near and dear to your heart and mine. Yeah. Um, 
let's yeah i'm not let's gonna keep I'm it not at gonna, that. let's keep it at yeah. that I'm, I, I, I'm more than content leaving it that uh it's, it's just that chico and i have our own stories about how we were very close to getting on the show we'll just and we'll just we, leave it we, that at yeah, there. We, we'll just leave that there oh, yeah we don't need the chase we don't need to reopen that wound yeah yeah, let's put that paper put that paper cut in the past where it belongs. Anyway, but yeah, um, it, it you look at numbers for this show, and then you look at numbers for like the American Bible Challenge and the Chase and the big three that are on today, and you think to yourself, big concept works well if it's done well. This was big concept. But it was not done well. And like with every show that is not Scrabble, it seems to me that Chuck Woolery was mailing it in. Many people have said that. And not just about this, but about other shows that he's hosted. I, I don't think he was necessarily mailing it in on Greed, but... Oh, no, I don't think so either. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, or, or it's like uh, uh, the only show that I could say without with without uncertainty that Chuck Woolery did not mail it in. Love Connection. Oh, Love Connection's great. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that that needs to go on the list for the uh, Andy Cohen version. Oh, I, I saw like ten minutes of the Andy Cohen version, and I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'd rather watch the Pat Bullard version than this. Oh, oh Jesus. D- don't mind them. We're, we're doing a podcast, but they're doing show prep. Hi, TC. No, he's talking to Benoodles. Come on. Um. No, neither of them are nearby, I'm sorry to say. Oh. Th- that's exactly how the cats feel about Think Like a Cat. They ran away? They, just, they, they were they, like, they, F this. Like, yeah, and and Benoodles is actually here for the for that's my dog. So she must have known something was coming when she scurried off. Well, we survived this episode. Yep, it's one that went to the dogs and the and cats. The cats. And the cats. <laughs> Boy, but speaking I, of but speaking of cats, Mike. Oh no! Is this a segue to next week? Yes. Ooh ooh ooh! Segue segue segue. Do you really want to spoil it here, or should we save it? Tease. Well, Chico, I don't think, knows what we talked about in the first preview episode, did we? Uh, I know it, but I don't remember it off the top of my head. Well, as I mentioned at the end of last week's episode, we're, we're sort of doing these on a category basis for every two to four weeks. And you can probably guess what the category is for this block of shows. We're going to look at a show next week, which actually sort of swept the world, kind of, sort of. It did make news in America, in the UK, uh, about two and a half years ago, two years ago. Um, What happens when you do Big Brother, but... The people in the, the Big Brother house are, are not humans. They're cats. Ooh, I know th- I know what you're about to do. But I'll keep everybody in suspense for another week. So yeah, next week we're going to look at a show which is essentially Big Brother with cats. 
And yes, that was a thing on TV. That's a good name for a podcast. I should, should save that. Uh, that's, as that's always, a good end. that's a good ending. I like it a lot. I think you should do more of it. Yeah, let's yeah make that the close for every episode from now on. Again, more show prep while we're doing this out <laughs> here. Oh, for the love of <laughs> So, yeah, that's going to be it for our uh, episode this week. I don't have to see That's My Dog Ever Again. Hallelujah. Good. Yes. Uh, yeah, we're going to put that one to pasture. Oh, no, that would be cows if we put it to pasture. But yep. uh, just remember. They're, they're uh, going to a magical farm upstate is what Mike is trying to say. The, 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 they're, they're going to become your next burger for McDonald's. Oh, that's cruel. That that was mean. I'm sorry, but it's awfully delicious. So as always, we're going to hell. I'm sorry. As always, you can find us everywhere online. You can find us at Twitter on twitter.com slash. It was a thing on TV at Tumblr. Uh, at at, uh, tum- at uh, it was a thing on tv.tumblr.com on Instagram at instagram.com slash it was a thing on TV and on Facebook at facebook.com slash guess what it was a thing on TV and of course you can find all the episodes on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher and at our website it was a thing on tv.podbean.com So, for Chico Alexander and Greg Diener, this is Mike Klaus. We'll see you next week for, I'll give the name of the show, Meow Manor. That was the thing on TV? It it was the thing on many TVs. Oh, wow. We'll we'll get into that next week. Oh, yes. Have a good week. We'll see you next time. All right. The winners of both That's My Dog and think like a cat. They won cash prizes. The losers were all neutered. Oh! Go to your room right now, Mike Klaus. No. There's your ending. There's your room right now. No. 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 That was bad, and you should feel bad. No. That's still going at the end. <laughs>